How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Denny Long is away. He is uh, traveling Europe for the next two weeks. Steve Thompson in. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky are here. Good to see you guys. Good morning. Yeah, you You, you seem surprised that I... That I was here, uh, we I was forgot. a little startled. But you and Denny look a little different. Yeah, but um, yeah. The well, other well, part is, remember, Rooney likes his routines. You know, sure. Yeah, same guy, I, same place. Yeah. What? What? Um, where's he going again? Where's he? I uh, somewhere in Europe, Switzerland. Switzerland? I believe. Yeah, yeah. Switzerland. Ooh, yeah. Very cool. nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's lucky man. Yeah, very nice. Good, good to see you guys, good. though. Yeah, thank you. Here we are, August already, soon to be at the fair. I know. Wow, God, it comes around so fast. But anyways, uh, I was going to talk about uh, we had a little weather yeah. lately that has oh. kind of uh, cramped a lot of things. Um, I know for uh, uh, on, on my end, mm-hmm. um, and Travis Whitford with Bay Equities here as well, because we've had a lot of issues with the, those hailstorms that went mm-hmm. through. And uh, I know, Andy, in the past, you've had a, a, a big problem um, with that as well, where they, yeah. I mean, destroyed things. And yep. where the problem comes is when you're trying to close. Right. You know, and you're trying to fix it, and it becomes with the lender. And, and Travis, uh, I know I had uh, the all of these are my listings, and uh, we were talking uh, the other day, uh, kind of prepping for the show, and I was like, "Hey, you know, they're trying to escrow this amount, and you came back and 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 got me some guidelines, and they ended up going to that guideline. I didn't, I've never told you that, but yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? What happens with the mortgage process uh, when it comes to you know? weather-related items. Yeah, so when, so what we've been happening here is hail damage. You know, it's damage in siding, damage in roofs, and, you know, you're under contract, and, you know, you're a couple days away from closing, and next thing you know, boom, you know. So what lenders ultimately are caring about is, you know, they're looking out for the buyer and to protect the asset. So they don't want the buyer moving into an asset that's been destroyed, or not necessarily destroyed, but, you know, damaged. So typically what happens is... Uh, you know, we got to do some sort of escrow holdback to make sure that the asset will be fixed. And so the buyer will know that that'll be fixed in the future. So they're not buying a property that's going to have to take on, you know, all this damage and stuff. So typically it depends on what type of loan, you know, that you're obtaining that determines the amount of the escrow holdback. So I think what makes that interesting uh, for a minute here is that the seller has to hold that all back Correct. themselves. It's not like they have the insurance money most of the time, and so it's their money. So that sometimes causes yeah, it problems. It can put a big damper on things, especially yeah. if they need that extra cash for their down payment for their next house. Or they don't have that equity in their it, house. Yeah, or that. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, hope sometimes well, closing might have to be delayed you know, quite a while in the event of that. But, but why lenders, um, at, you know, escrow holdback, they don't escrow for the exact dollar amount of the bid because there's always going to be potentially for overruns, potential for overruns and contingencies. So lenders want to make sure they cover at least an extra 20% of the bid that has to be held. So, 
Yeah, yeah. So the, and it just gets withheld from the, the seller's funds until all the work is complete. Mm-hmm. And then they'll release it back to the seller or pay back the contractors and the seller, depending right. on how everything is get, gets paid throughout the process. I mean, normally the insurance is covering it, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it, it just it's just a bad situation. But, all around. Yeah, I mean, but where the rub comes is when somebody's taking that equity to buy their next property. Now they yeah. don't. Now they're they're starved of equity because yeah, they just they lost. might pull back forty thousand of Correct. their equity to hold to get that project done. So unless you're in a unique situation, now you can incur more closing costs. You can incur a lot of things. And, and, you know, one other thing, we brought in uh, John Lopez here with uh, REMAX Advantage Plus as well today to kind of co-host with us. And John and I have been dealing with a couple situations, too, where there's uh, you go to pull your insurance binder on the house, and all of a sudden, you, geez, there's a surprise, you know, insurance claim that nobody knew about on there. And, and that's been a challenge, too, where now, you know, there's a, a claim for, let's say, uh, flooding in the basement. And the homeowners are saying, hey, we didn't have a flood in the basement. And then wh- where does that leave you with the mortgage company, you know? Yeah, I mean, as long as that flooding in the basement isn't in the process of the you know transaction, it it, it won't really come into play unless um, what what it could affect is insurance. The, the insurance cost of the yeah of the the new homeowner um, or you know the 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 seller on their next policy. Well, and a, and a non disclosure item there too. Well, yeah, yeah, but but yeah. what if the homeowner says it never happened and the insurance company well, says they did there's a cl- claim? If they did a claim, I what mean, they, someone had to do the claim. Right, but that that was the situation we've had before where there was a dispute with there was they're saying there wasn't a claim, the insurance the new insurance company coming in ran a report and said that they saw that there was a claim filed. The existing insurance company did not say there was a claim. So we didn't know if it was, you know, falsely done or if it was artificial. I think or, what's interesting about that is that yeah. I think sometimes sellers believe a claim means they got money. Right. That's not the case. If you call your insurance company that's and they do it, that's a claim. Good. Even if you don't get it or you don't go for it, that just happened to us. Mm-hmm. And I mean the the buyer on that property, um, there was two claims. They never got a penny for it because they never did it. Two claims. The roof was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Their policy, their insurance policy was over double the amount of a, what it normally should have been. But that's a huge qualifying problem. Now oh, too. yeah, totally. Yeah, because you have to take into consideration a housing payment is principal interest taxes and insurance. And all of a sudden, if you got insurance, that's uh, twice as much as, you know, what you kind of plan the numbers to be. And if you're tight with your numbers, it can it can really affect qualifying. Well, you know, John, you do a lot with buyers, and I mean, how does that how does that set with a buyer? I mean, the 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 mental part of it. I mean, does that just throw the whole deal off, or what happens? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're always going to be a little bit skeptical. I mean, they're going into a situation where they're already skeptical as it is, and when you get you know a report like that or some news like that to where it's going to put doubt in their mind. I mean, right. they're they're going to want to just either back out or. They're going to be skeptical throughout the whole process. Do you, do you think it kind of snowballs into other things then? Like they start questioning, like, well, maybe then they start doubting everything. They I start mean, to doubt everything, everything about the disclosure. You know, have yeah. they had water in the basement or mold or, you know, big issues? And it, it definitely throws, so, you know. Well, Chris, so as a seller, what would you do? I mean, would you go to your own insurance company and say, hey, just so that I have a clear conscience here, you know, of, of I mean, I've been here for 40 years, you know, and, and did, did yeah. my wife or my husband or whatever ever file a claim against the house for right. whatever? And it'd be interesting to actually run that report before I, the list. I do think on the disclosure statement, it does state to the best of your knowledge, do you remember? I mean, if Correct. you truly don't remember that you called the insurance company on a win thing 32 years ago, mm-hmm. I think you'd get by with that. Right. But um, I think John is right on with that and what it does to buyers is it totally puts doubt in their mind. And when it puts doubt in their mind, 
is when they went and got their insurance policy, which is really close to closing. And so now we have big problems on the other end from a a seller standpoint. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you find that out from a seller standpoint, I mean, your leverage is gone. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and not only that, you know, I mean – and now you got to put everything back on the market. You got to do all. You know, it's it's just not a good. And you've way to packed, go and you've moved right. the stage yeah. and stuff right. out. Everything, yeah, 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 you've got everything going on. Well, how about the appraisal that comes in five grand under? I mean, oh. I just, oh my gosh, that's such a. <laughs> no talking about appraisals. <laughs> everybody goes crazy, and everybody then there's doubts of the buyer, and then I start looking at these. We have a lot of new construction stuff, obviously, in my world, and so I see a lot of these appraisals that'll come in where they do a cost plus, and they'll put a value for the land, and the land is twenty thousand lower than what we actually paid, and I'm like. How do you get to determine that? You know, I mean, because if they just paid a price for it, they paid one twenty for it, and it was closed at one twenty. How do you put hundred thousand on it? And it, it's it's just you know, and they they play that anyway. That's a whole nightmare for me on some of that's that stuff. But it's but it's it's something that that also beyond the insurance, you know, doubt. Now, if you have an appraisal challenge, that man, that can be a mess for a buyer. Can you fight that though? I mean, can Absolutely. you can you make the case and say we paid one twenty, it closed at one twenty? What do you mean? Is that I, it's I think that's what keeps a lot of us in the business is the fighting for the customer. You know, fighting for sure. our side of the transaction to make it work out. Yeah, appraisals. A lot of times, I mean, not just the land part, but I mean, I've had it many times where they've uh, you know compared a house and let's say it's on the lake. I mean, there's some significant dollar differences between land values on a lower, flatter, usable. Uh, recreational mm-hmm. lake than a uh, you know a very steep uh, environmental lake, and when they yeah. try to just match the houses, I mean it's a total different thing. And so you you have to be, um, and sometimes it's not the appraiser just doesn't know, right. you know. And that I mean that happens. I mean you see three houses and on, on the on a lake, and they have different terrain, but gosh, all the houses are the same. Well, they got to be the same value. So quickly on that point, not. that's why builders a lot of times will have preferred lenders because the lenders understand the situation, they understand the market, they understand the conditions, and that's why a lot of people say, oh, they're doing it because they make money. A lot of times it's not the money. It's more of the convenience for everybody involved. We have more in a moment. It is Real Estate Show, and your calls and texts are a big part of the program. Here's the number, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. And, of course, that is, uh, once again, good for calls and texts. And, of course, Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky, and friends in studio today here on CCO. It is the Real Estate Show. Chris and Andy in studio. Denny Long is away. He'll be back in two weeks. And you guys brought friends today. I know. Travis Whitford, who's been with us many times, um, helping us out here. And then John Lopez, and uh, he's with REMAX Advantage Plus. But what yeah. maybe the listeners don't know, the most impressive thing about him is he's, he's able to work oh. with Andy Prasky. What? <laughs> no way. That, he's, yeah, hey. no. that he can handle it and stay with it. How How does that even work? I mean... I only have an hour on Saturday I have to deal with him. How do you do it all week? I actually really, really enjoy it. I mean, he's definitely, you know, puts a lot of good spirits into you and, and drives you to do well. And it's a lot of fun. It's John really a lot sends of fun. me to voicemail quite a bit. I, uh... <laughs> wait, wait, how much did you have to... How much did Andy have to pay for that last? Yeah, exactly. That was I didn't even know I was going to say that. just a listing or two, maybe. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know if that you didn't see this morning. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting in the green room and I'm trying to talk on the phone, and all of a sudden Andy comes in, jumps on top of the the table, and starts dancing. I mean, this is what you get. I'm jacked up. I got open houses this weekend. I'm. Uh... You know how many people ask me about you? Seriously, when I meet them. They're, what is with that guy? <laughs> oh, this like, morning we met him up in the, in the lobby, and he he's singing uh, the the Rocky song coming in. 
You know, like he's the champ of the world. <laughs> I thought it worked out nice because it echoed throughout the whole uh, Capella Center. So hey, we're talking a little little weather problems and then uh, escrowing and and kind of the problems mm-hmm. that that go with that. And uh, I don't know, maybe because we were trying to clarify it while we were talking. Maybe we should do that to the the customers. Is that it, in situations that 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 extra escrow is happening? That's just the type of loan it is, right? Yeah, so what determines the percentage? So lenders always want a contingency um, on top of the the bid or the estimated cost to cover for overruns. And depending on what type of uh, loan you're doing uh, determines if we're collecting 120% of the bid or 150% of the bid. Um, With conventional financing, it's 120% of the bid. Or it can be 100% of the bid if the contractor guarantees a fixed pricing and, and it, that's just going to be the cost. Like for, you know, if, if you're, you know, for like a builder when uh, you're closing in the winter and they got to still do the sod and driveway and stuff, right, it's not right. going to vary. You could do 100% of that. But government loans, um, you know, FHA, VA, USDA, they require a larger um, contingency. They require 150%. So, so what if John, Mr. Lopez, put a purchase agreement together in May and they're just, they extended the closing till the end of August. They, those clients probably locked in, um, you know, 60 days prior to that closing. And then all of a sudden the storm hits. Sellers aren't able to escrow it. They don't have the money in which to be able to hold back or they have to buy another house because of that. Is How about... Mr. Lopez's clients, can they kind of have a little reset with the mortgage? You know, because the rates have gone down, maybe jump in and uh, kind of yeah, well, recalibrate most, or yeah, what? Well, most lenders will always allow some sort of rate renegotiation um, to, if you lock in at, at, at a certain time and now rates are better, you can re- renegotiate that rate. But like if, if we're talking about a situation where everybody's still got to like close at this time and, you know, we can't because of the escrow holdback that's required due to the storm and they don't have the funds to kind of cover their down payment. I mean, you know, you're talking doomsday scenario. You got to wait. Yeah, yeah I, had a, I had a situation where um, it basically kind of came down to that. Um, and, and basically the last resort was just to, you know, put it on a credit card, wait until you close and then you know get your proceeds and pay it off. So yeah, I mean. The seller put it on their credit card? Yeah. Wow. Yep. yep. Huh. We had seven different roofs that that happened to, and I'm telling you, I think there's seven different scenarios that we had because of all the things that we're just talking yeah, about. It's, you know, it's people horrible. not have the money to do it. And then when the insurance company sends you the money, you know, if you have a mortgage on it, the, that money's not for you, just for you. That's for the mortgage company oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, if you, don't, if you own it free and clear, you'll get the check made payable directly to yourself, but otherwise the insurance check is made payable to the buyer and the mortgage company, and now you got to... Send that check into the mortgage company. Have it get divorced or get endorsed, and and you know they're probably sending back only half of it. You know at, at right. first to you know so the contractor can get started. You know so that adds time, and you know depending on where it is and how much storm damage are in the area. I mean it's not like they can just do get it, it the done next right day, away. You yeah, know? and that's, an, that's another thing too with insurance. Uh, you know policies is that. You don't you don't really know exactly what your depreciation is, what your deductible is, if you have one, and you know that's that's it could be a lot of money to come up with. Yeah, I mean you could be short, you know, with your deductible and whatever depreciation that they account for. I mean, your check is going to be five grand short of what you need, and then you know, so Mm -hmm. then you have that extra five, you know, as an example. And on the purchase agreement, it talks about risk of loss, and that is on the seller. I mean, it's on the seller. Now, if the seller can't do it or won't do it, the buyer has the option in which to be able to cancel the agreement. But 
It's on the seller. And so that's one of the other things. John, I'm glad you brought that up. But we had uh, one of our insurance policies. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what it is, but it was about $6,000 that they couldn't recover from that. Mm-hmm. So not only was their deductible 2500 but the 6000 So they lost 8500 on that little storm. Now it worked out really good for the buyer because they got a brand new they got a brand new roof and some right. fish and some gutters. Right. But uh, I think it's important that you do check out your insurance policy absolutely and, and what you got from a seller standpoint because a lot of people and who knows these guys live there for quite a long time maybe their premium was low enough that it's covered it over time but uh, just a it's it's just like in mortgages yeah. don't always just look for the lowest rate I mean there's other little games with it and that's the same thing with insurance. Yeah, and I think it's what's really important to know here. If you're a seller and you're dealing with something like this, bring it to everybody's attention right away. You know, we had a, a situation here just this past week where, you know, the seller, you know, happened on Monday. We're supposed to close on Wednesday and they don't even say anything about it. You know, and the buyers didn't know anything about it till they go to the walkthrough in the morning and all of a sudden they see that there's, you know, damage. So, and it caused the delay. We got it done. Then we got it done two days later. But you know, it still was just you know yeah, communication. Some, from yeah, the- and some days, two days can be catastrophe. Oh, yeah. You know, for a lot of people, because I mean, especially if you're maybe in the lower price range, there might be where it used to. I mean, it kind of went away from this, but it used to be like this a lot. Is that hey, this buyer had to close on this buyer's house before that buyer could close on the buyer that bought your house to buy <laughs> so you could buy the yeah. next house. So right. that's five houses sometimes. And if you're number two, we got a problem, Yeah, yeah. you know. And so we, we've all been through that. That's, mm-hmm. There's moving trucks involved. There's utilities that have all switched over. There's lock-in rates. There's just a lot of stuff that can happen. I think you just – and you got to be prepared for that. You know, mm-hmm. we, we – I've – I had a lot of times where sellers will go, okay, hey, we're through the inspection. It's done. Oh, oh cool. Now it's just a closing. I said, well, there's a lot of things that happen mm-hmm. you know, in, in that meantime and uh, an appraisal, obviously, and the final walkthrough. I mean a final walkthrough is a big thing. And if you've got a creepy buyer you know, where I've had that before where, I mean, they've got leverage. Your stuff has moved out and they come and say, you know what? I'm doing this or else I'm not closing. You know, what do you do? you got to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. And it's horrible. Yeah. I've been having a little bit of issues with final walkthroughs, you know, with just even leaving around like just your extra, uh, you know, wood that you have laying around, you know, for yeah. little projects or and enough things to like build that. three barns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but, but one man's treasure is another man's trash right. because right. they're like, hey, I did you a favor. I saved you six pieces of trim if you ever need to replace any. Right. Or I saved you some of the half done gallons of paint under the stairs. Well, I left and, you a cool workbench in the garage. Yeah. And, then, yeah, you, you and they know, think they're leaving something nice and the right. buyers get. Yeah, like you said, John, a little frustrated. Yeah. The first thing I ever believed at one place, that they were like, um, do you want this? I'm like, what do you need? That's a nice workbench. Yeah, but, but should all of that be settled up front? I yeah. mean, with the paint oh, and, and yeah. the the molding and the extra deck board and all of that sort of stuff. Is that something you should work out? Or? I always say never assume. So, like, when you are a seller and you're assuming that somebody's going to want that pile of wood out in the backyard or somebody's going to want that – you know, whatever. I, I always say, just ask your agent to clarify with the other people before you do anything. Because so I've seen where people, we've had deals fall apart over a stack of wood. They're like, we bought this house thinking that was going to come with the fire pit. There was three cords of wood out there, dried oak worth, you know, four or 500 bucks. And you guys just took it all out of here. And I go, but that has nothing to do with the real estate. But the buyer thought it did. So just clarification uh, is always key. Because mm-hmm. you want everybody to have a fluid, you know, frictionless journey when they're buying a house. 
even if the other side, you know, just to work with each other, there makes you, it easier. You hit it right on the nose. That buyer thought that, and that's yeah. the problem. Is that, and I mean, yeah, it's all set. I mean, everything is, is spelled out. I mean, all our contracts are completely spelled out. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, people don't follow them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's a uh, it's an interesting thing, and you gotta kind of you kind of gotta play it. Um, but I think it's always best to be able to alert them early, and. Get out of your house before that walkthrough happens, too. If you yep. have it cleaned out and, and you know, just plan for that. When you well, have a question, ask your agent. You're right, Chris. I mean, yeah. it, it's that because it's, it's, it's always the, well, I thought I'd just take the TV brackets down because who wants that old bracket? But in the purchase agreement, it specifically calls out the TV bracket or the yeah, speaker bracket. It's screwed in yeah. to the house, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just call your agent. All right, uh, much more on the way. It is a real estate show. Saturday is between 10 and 11. Andy Prasky and Chris Rooney are in studio today, and our phone lines are open, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. We invite your calls and texts on the program, 651 989 here on the Real Estate Show on CCO. It is the Real Estate Show each and every Saturday between 10 and 11 a.m. Denny's away. He'll be back in two weeks. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky, and friends in studio today on the Real Estate Show. Here's the number. Uh, calls, text, welcome, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. I, I wanted to follow up on that thing before the break. And mm-hmm. What stays, what goes, you brought mm-hmm. up, you know, the the firewood and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, I suppose assumptions can be made about deck furniture or uh, a swing on the porch or right. all that sort of stuff. If you if you live along a lake or the river, does the dock stay? Is that part of it? I mean, I spent a lot of money on that floating dock. Absolutely. I, I'm not giving that away for free. Yep, totally. So that, yeah. You, unless you you're wheeling and dealing with Lopez, he'll get it for free. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's the negotiating king. <laughs> unless you're, I mean, obviously, if if it's attached, it typically stays. When in doubt, ask for it. Put yep. it in writing. But if it can be moved, you know, you have to ask for it. Well, isn't there times too, Chris, where like you guys with Lakeshore, where you'll have a beautiful house, and and there's a, let's say there's a lot of competition in a certain price range on the lake, and you guys will have where you'll promote that. Hey, all the Lakeshore equipment's included. With the exception of like a lift that's specific for like a boat or something for a pontoon or whatever. But that's pretty common, isn't it? When you get into the high end where that stuff stays or not? not? Lo- I mean, not a lot because it's okay. just like Mr. Thompson just said, it's very expensive. Oh, it's 40 you know? grand. We yeah. just, we at the cabin just redid it and you don't even have that much there and there's 40 to- grand in docks. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And so if it works for someone, so I, I think it depends on the price point too, mm-hmm. you know, cause some of the bigger price points, they don't, they want their own and they've, they've got a, a set up, yeah. but, and then sometimes, Hey, a lot of people, maybe it's a second home. Mm-hmm. They just want to move in and they don't want to deal with anything. So right. then they want it. But right. yeah, a lot, a lot of those things, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. You, you talk about maybe all the appliances are included and they say they have to be attached. Well, you'd think like a washer and dryer, is attached in some way. There's mm-hmm. there's water hooked up to sure it, it is, yeah. and there's a there's a dryer vent, but that's not. You it's have just to as ask hooked for up that. as your stove. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. same thing. Yeah, if your, your stove is built in, like if it's bolted in, that's what what it's saying. So yeah. a built-in microwave, but if the microwave can move in and out. You got to ask you, for that. I, I mean, I don't know. I I just assume get a new washer. I don't know if I want somebody else's old. 
Washington you know what? Debris. I never heard that before. That's why I've heard a lot bleach. more. Yeah. That's why they sell yeah. bleach. Just <laughs> put a bunch of bleach and run it a couple of times. Yeah, you're living in somebody's old clothes, washing their own dryer, but or washer. But I'm of, just weird. But a lot that's of people right. are texting me, and they're very surprised I was able to build a workbench. <laughs> Do you, I don't know why. Well, it was leaning and it had mismatched parts. And yeah, but it still it stood. It could handle things. Had you just had to put the tile on one fifteen hundred screws. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only use six. Uh, by the way, our text line six five one nine eight nine nine two two six six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That's good for calls or texts on the program. Uh, is the latest interest rate news? The Fed brought the interest rate down a mm. little bit. What does that do to mortgage rates? It makes a lot of people call in. Um, <laughs> is what it and does, text them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, actually, the, contrary to popular belief, when the Fed drops rates, that's not directly tied to mortgage rates. So um, when the Fed's dropping their rates, that's the federal funds rate. That's the prime rate. That's, you know, the federal funds rate is uh, the overnight rate they lend to other banks. And the prime rate is typically the... You know, the best rate for, for customers from a bank. But mortgages are, are actually tied to uh, mortgage-backed securities and, um, and specifically the Fannie Mae mortgage-backed securities. So what happened here last week when the Fed dropped rates, mortgage rates stayed flat that day. There was no change in mortgage rates. But Thursday, the next day, that's when Trump announced the, the added tariffs and that's what's made mortgage rates go down. Stock market took a hit. Bond market improved. Fannie Mae bonds tied to the bond market. You know, there we go. And then this whole this last week, we've had various ups and downs a little bit, um, you know, based on all sorts of other news that came about. But the, it wasn't the Fed dropping rates that's directly tied to mortgage rates. And, you know, here's a, a good example of, of why. I mean, the last time the Fed dropped rates, was, I, don't, I don't remember when it was, but it was sometime last year. But from... You know, from like last November till, you know, like this past month, I mean, rates, mortgage rates dropped about a percent anyway. So it's like, how could they drop a percent without the Fed dropping, you know, rate, you know, so it's just, but it does get a lot of calls and, and it, it's nice and rates are really good right now for, uh, for, for, for refinance opportunities. Mm-hmm. Or right. as a buyer to buy a bigger house and have a same payment. All right. Our number again, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's go to Jim in Brooklyn Center. Jim, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Jim's on the air. Okay. Thank you guys for taking my call. God bless you for putting on this wonderful segment. If your interest rates go down on your mortgage, is it best to sell right away? That was one of the first part questions I had. And if the neighborhood is depreciating, and you can tell all the houses are going bad around it, like the neighborhood, the neighbors, and everybody's not taking care of their homes properly, is that a good time to sell as well? All right, Jim, thanks uh, for the call. Uh, let's start with interest rates go down. Is that a good time to sell mortgage rates? It makes that drop. house more affordable, and it also allows – if someone's on a fixed like number, let's say they want to have their house payment at you know $1,500, that, that allows them to have more buying power so they can pay more. So in theory, you could, you could get more for your house. So, yes, it is a good time, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, mortgage rates are uh, – are, Unless you're a cash buyer, I mean, it's the biggest determining factor of, you know, what you qualify for, you know. So the lower the interest rates are, the the more you qualify for, the, you know, the more it maybe brings in the opportunity for a larger pool of buyers to, you know, be able to afford that particular mm-hmm. house. And basically what you're saying is that, you know, maybe last week you could um, afford 
uh, only a hundred and forty thousand dollar house. Now this week you can afford a hundred and fifty thousand because you'll have the same exact payment. Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. More or less. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, he brought up an interesting question too. You know, talking about his immediate neighborhood, and he said that the neighborhood maybe looks like it's kind of getting a little run down or whatever. But you know, what's interesting is as people pick the materials that go onto their homes. I mean, a lot of times we pick on price, unfortunately, and so. Let's say you pick the cheapest or the lowest cost siding to put on your house when you replaced it 10 years ago, and your siding's already worn out because it was a lower-valued, you know, kind of I call it the flipper kind of material level. Then then you have like a hailstorm that'll hit a neighborhood, and all of a sudden everybody has new siding and new roofing, and it revitalizes the neighborhood. And it's all kind of the – I understand people trying to get the value out of their roof, get the value out of their siding with my old Polish grandfather that uh, – used to get every nickel out of everything. And then as soon as you think you'd replace the roof, you'd go, wait, one more year. I'll get one more year out of that roof. And so those guys, and they can afford it. It's it's a matter of getting the value out of it. But like, like for an example, like uh, unfortunately for the hail and some of the weather, sometimes that does revitalize, revitalize the neighborhood. And that becomes a good opportunity to also sell at that time because the neighborhood then becomes peak um, for look and condition and everybody has that pride of ownership because everything's new. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, John, uh, a neighborhood makes a difference when a buyer's uh, looking at houses. No, absolutely it does. You know? I mean, just look at Linden Hills and Fulton, the difference between those neighborhoods, and they're right next to each other. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it makes a, makes a big difference. I mean, if you have a, a neighborhood that's, you know, uh, that's going well, but if, if people are starting to let go of their places, I mean, I, it's not like, hell, I have to sell, but, I mean, it's going to affect values. Sure, I mean, even, even a new neighborhood, though, that's, you know, 15 years, 20 years old. I mean, some of those neighborhoods, they're just, they moved in the house, they're using the house, they're living in the house. It's not intentional, but the houses start to just look a little dated or worn because of the age of the materials. And I feel like what's going on right now, I mean, like we're talking about interest rates coming down, your buyer pools are going to get bigger, there's more demand, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a lot of new generations that are coming in to, you know, buy more affordable houses and they want to make them nice. They want to fix them up. They want to, you know, put their families in there. And so, I think it's a great opportunity to sell yeah. your house. You and know. there's investors buying them as well. That's Absolutely. John Lopez, Remax Advantage Plus, works along Andy Prasky, and then Travis Whitford with uh, Back Equity Home Loans is with us. And I know we got some more text messages, huh? Yeah, and the number is 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Uh, from our text line, I bought a home in October. There was a chicken coop listed as an outbuilding that the previous owner came and took after closing. My agent Ooh. couldn't pursue it or wouldn't pursue it. What can I do? It's not in the paperwork of uh, being kept. Uh, as being kept by the prior owner. Okay, uh, John, what do you think? It's they must have listed it as uh, outbuilding. Yeah, and they took it. That, I would, I'd probably say that's illegal. I mean, considering that it, you know, if you're if you're marketing it on the MLS or anywhere and it has an outbuilding, then it's a part of the house. You know, yeah, that, I think that's that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. sometimes when you market it and and I mean what you market and what you do as a purchase agreement, there might be some uh, deception there. Um, but I think you also, I mean, it depends if that, I mean, if that chicken coop is on a foundation, you know, or if it's just a shed that's kind of sitting there cause you have to ask for a shed, yeah. you know, on there and you might say it, but if you don't include, you well, know what I mean? If you don't include one. it, so say, it's like the... appliances. Hold on. If it's appliances yeah. and say, yeah. Hey, all the appliances are included. That buyer says, you know what? I don't want none of them. Doesn't mean I have to leave them. So the first time I bought an appliance for a client, um, <laughs> we were out of the house. Let's just go with the twentieth time. Okay, I should run an appliance store. Oh, no, I'm kidding. No, the uh, I had a, had a client of mine, and and he young young guy. This was right. I mean, guy, twenty years ago when I was getting started, 
And we wrote a purchase agreement on a property right across the street from the Terrace Movie Theater over there. Remember the old Terrace in, in Robbinsdale there? The mm-hmm. big old theater? No, you don't. Okay, Trav. It's a high V now. I yeah, think. it's a high. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy your growth. Anyway, long story long. Um, the So we go in there for the final walkthrough. And as we're pulling up in the back park in the alley, and there's kids out there literally smashing the refrigerator. And as I'm sitting there and I go, I go, what, what, what are you guys doing? And they go, oh, our mom told us to do this. And then we go into the house and, and we... Sure enough, that was the refrigerator that was there. And they go, you didn't write into the purchase agreement that you wanted the refrigerator. So we just assumed since it was so old and gross, we'd get it out of here for you as a favor and do you a favor and smash it and get rid of it in the recycling. I'm not kidding you. And so this kid literally is like, I don't have enough money for a refrigerator. So, I mean, it put it in writing. That's, that's the one lesson I learned. I was glad to go yeah. buy the guy a brand new refrigerator. I learned my lesson. He learned his, The you know, put it in writing. When in doubt, write it out. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I get you get all different types of purchase agreements where some people don't cover anything and then they forget it. And then all of a sudden on the inspection, they start remembering and then they start asking for it again and try to open up negotiations. And so it's a it's it's kind of a it's a messy thing. But then there's some agents that are like, I mean, as detailed as you can get. You guys have yeah. those purchase agreements yeah. where it's I mean, everything from a garage remote control to a. You know, three keys yeah, for the front been, door. You're almost better off just doing that and just you know being as, as specific as possible, so that you don't you don't oh you don't open yourself up for any right. of these issues that we're talking about. Well, and and over communication between everybody is is key. I mean, you're basically married in real estate, so you know over communicate, ask a lot of questions. You know? Well, and even assuming, like I've had clients of mine selling houses, and they well, I've got so many ferns or I have so many hostas, I'm just gonna split these off quick before I move out, and the, the new buyer won't even care because they grow back so fast. And then we end up going to arbitration over somebody taking half the plants. And it, it literally is a problem. So when you do have the, the you know what, I'm just going to do this quick, run it by your real estate agent, make sure that the other team knows what's going on, and then usually there's not an issue with it as long as everybody understands what's going on. Yeah. Quick break. We've got more with the guys coming up in a moment. It is a real estate show each and every Saturday morning here on CCO. Let's throw that number out again if you have a question or a comment, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226 here on CCO. Thanks so much for joining us on the Real Estate Show each and every Saturday morning. Chris, Andy, Travis, and John all in studio today. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. And Chris, you wanted to follow up <laughs> yeah, on the chicken I just, coop. I was just going to say that I, I missed that little part that the previous owner came and took it after closing. Yeah, that's I mean, that you can't, that's trespassing. Yeah. And theft, yep. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't do that. Oh, wow. Especially when you go to closing, you come home, you're like, hey, tomorrow morning I'm going to repaint the coop, and all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah, I'd be, exactly. Ah, oh, my gosh. That's crazy. I don't know. Okay, um, what else? What were we, ta- what were we talking about? Oh, that VA, VA maximum loan. What's the VA maximum loan out there? And is the VA loan the same as the FHA loan? Nope, they're different. Um, maximum VA loan with no money down is uh, it's the matches up with the conventional loan limit, like 484 or 350 However, you can go higher than that. So um, what happens is you just got to put a little bit down. So for simplicity of numbers, let's just say we're doing a purchase price of five eighty four, so a hundred thousand dollars more. Um, you'd have to put down approximately twenty five percent of the difference between four eighty four and the oh, purchase really? price. Yeah. So so twenty five grand you have to put down more or less. Then you get it's, the higher loan limit. It's you know ballpark you know, but yeah. So it's you know it goes into what's called the high balance. 
uh, VA. But yeah, you can uh, with no money down. It's four eighty four, but you can have a much larger uh, hmm. VA loan amount. It's interesting. I just had that on the- one of my listings that they came in, and I'm like, what? That's not. And then, but they were putting money down. And you typically never see people right. put money down on a VA loan. Funding yeah. fees are still the same. Yeah, yeah. Funding fees determined by your status. If you're exempt, or first time user, second time user, gotcha. percentage of down payment, stuff like that. To the phone lines we go. Loretta, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. All right. We better put Loretta on hold. Let's bring in Jim. Jim in St. Louis Park, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Good morning. I've got a question about uh, my house that I grew up in was built in 1927 by my dad. I've got all the original checks and bills and everything, but the real estate people advertised it as built in 1921. I told the real estate agent in the latest sale that that was wrong. I don't know if they ever communicate because they never called me back. But where would you go to change that false information that they've been dealing with all these years? Because I have actual checks and receipts for materials, etc., from 1927. That's interesting. They probably go off the county record, Jim. They they probably are pulling it from there where it's recorded as when the house was completed or built, and maybe that's when Dad pulled the permit and started it and took a few years to get it done. Yeah, there you go. I wonder if it was the final occupancy is what they mm-hmm. did. Maybe. Or, I mean, that seems like six years seems like a long time could be building sloppy. process there. Could, like my workbench. Could be sloppy writing, too, sometimes. <laughs> Seven years and six screws later. <laughs> There's a lot of screws at that workbench. It could just be sloppy writing. Sometimes a seven yeah. can look like a one. But we usually go, Ooh, John, we usually go off. Yeah. Typo. Yeah, like we it. usually go off the county records. Yeah, county records. I yeah. mean, you always, yeah, always, always go out to the county, to the city to get started, you know, and ask questions. When it's, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. I had a property that I just listed that uh, had uh, four different measurements Four different places, four different measurements on what the lakefront was mm. on it. And I yeah. mean, and so what you do is you you list it and then say, hey, per the county records, that's what yeah. we're going with. That's what we defaulted with. Well, and some of those older properties will have like three 45-foot wide, you know, lots that they combined into one back in the day, but it still looks like three separate PIDs, you know, or whatever, so. Uh, from the text line, uh, there's always a lot of talk about selling your house, uh, real estate, property, whatever. Is there a criteria on how to find an agent when looking to buy a house, townhouse, or condo? Call Lopez. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> 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 oh, good you. You did, jumped on did it you I think Danny said ChrisRooney.com. I yeah, think he I did. Know. No. <laughs> Obviously, you want to know someone uh, that knows what they're doing in that yeah. uh, not not necessarily specific maybe area, but um, a specific property or um, style of home, style of home oh, or lifestyle of home, or you know, or John Lopez. I guess <laughs> it's easiest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you should. I mean, you you should find. I'll tell you what. A lot of people talk to talk to friends that have yeah. have worked with agents. Talk to people you respect. And who they've used. Yeah, I always say, you know, go with somebody who's, who's going to be extremely informative, that's going to do some hand-holding that, you know, if they need to, um, you know, things like that. They're going to go above and beyond for you, and they're, and they're going to, you know, give you a good service and treat you right. Um, yep. So, you know, somebody you can get a hold of right away. Somebody so. that's passionate about it. Too. Yeah, exactly. Not a part – you know, offense to part-timers, but I love 
the full-timers that are passionate and they, they get, like I said, they love negotiating the deal for their client. You can just tell. They have a sparkle in their eye when they're cutting the deals. And those are the people I look for. Yeah, talk about the plan. What, what's yeah. your plan to yeah. sell this thing? You know, because there needs you have to have a plan to be successful. Like I love to drive around, you know, so I have no problem driving around with my clients and going out there and checking out a lot of houses. So that's you got to be passionate about what you're doing and who you're going to. Well, speaking of passion, I'm doing an open house today, guys. I'm oh, out boy. at one six eight two zero fifty ninth Avenue out in uh, Plymouth. Seven ninety nine. This house has sport court, movie theater, uh, bar in the basement, beautiful landscaping, um, amazing brand new two story, ready for you to move in. Quick close. Yeah, we got some stuff too. It's at, at Andy and Rooney dot com. Andy and Rooney dot com. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks. Since you took up all the time, that's yeah. all I had to say. And Chris and Andy are here each and every Saturday, and a big thanks to the guests as well. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. TravisMNLoans.com. There we go. And call John Lopez. And you, call, call well, you can Lopez. find all the stuff at AndyAndRooney.com. You, you can reach John through us, too. Yep. All right. Have a great day, guys. Good to see you once again. The Real Estate Show each and every Saturday between 10 and 11 here on CCO. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.